Well, folks, I want to talk to us tonight, or this afternoon, whatever we call this time. I was down in Pensacola, Florida, as I told you, the first part of this week or last week. And I happened to go out on the beach and see those waves come in and see the awesomeness of those waves. And see the power that's in those things. And you start thinking about the awesome power of God, of our God. And it's unbelievable, folks, when you just stand there and look at it. Nobody's around you and your wife and your daughter and your granddaughter. And you see the power of that thing. You realize what a God we worship. But you know, it's amazing to me that we don't carry that with us on a daily basis. And I look around and, and uh, I look at my own family and I look at uh, uh, the walk we've had that God has given us. And I'm very conscious of the fact that we have an awesome obligation to tell our children about our God. But I'm afraid that we don't recognize how serious that is. And I'm afraid we don't take all of the opportunities that we ought to take to teach our children. And because of that, our children make a lot of mistakes in life because they've not been taught about certain things in certain areas and certain ways and, and who our God is. And I think what we need to do is we need to come back to the, to the uh, benchmarks of the, or, or the foundations and recognize that this is a serious matter. I found that we're very, very committed to providing for our children all of the physical necessities of life. And we'll spend more time worried about the physical necessities than we do about the spiritual necessities. I found that we can get more caught up and get more excited about our children being in athletics than we can about them being in the house of God. Now, there's nobody in this building that loves athletics any more than I love athletics. But I don't want athletics to supersede my responsibility to teaching my children about spiritual matters and my spiritual life. Now, I'm like anyone that you see from time to time we fail spiritually. Uh, I have made wrong decisions, and those wrong decisions have been very costly. You can't run water back up under the bridge. You don't look back. You press toward the mark of the prize of high calling. Keep going forward. And so you can't look back. That's not your place. But I want to show you something that I think really speaks. I, and when I drove up today and saw the building once again, uh, it brought back to memory all of the things that have happened and uh, I, I regret that they had to tear the old house down on Plaza Street. I know they've moved it out here, but it doesn't look the same anymore. They've added on to it and everything else. You can't even tell it's the same house. But I remember when we stood in the city park, and I remember when we went to the powerhouse, as Brother Charles classified it as, and the Arkansas, um, yeah, Arkansas Power. I'm in Arkansas, aren't I? Arkansas Power and Light Building. Uh, and we met in the powerhouse, and I remember Cecil trying to play the accordion. <laughs> no, no, he did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> As we sang. And I remember some of, the, some of the uncertainties of the future for us and the way we were going and why was all this coming our way. Well, I'm just firmly convinced, as I've gotten this far, that it's this. If you're going to live godly, you're going to suffer. But it's to the glory of our God. 
the people in this world need to fear our God. They need to see our God mighty. They need to see our God powerful. And if they don't see it in God's people, where in the world are they going to see it? So when we look and we see and we start to rear our children and bring our children up into this society, they didn't necessarily see the things. I got to thinking, my wife and I were talking about coming down here. Our son, Paul, who's here with us today, was five months old when we were here, when we left here, five months old. So he didn't know a lot of what went on here, like I do. He didn't know a lot of what went on here like his mother does, or like Don and Karen did. He didn't see the glory. He didn't see the power that we saw in this place. And we need to teach. See, our children don't know this. They don't see much of this. And we have a responsibility to show our children who our God is and what He's done. That He's mighty. You can depend on Him. And we need to get that across some way, somehow. We've got a generation that has no respect for God. And I don't mean that all. Don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to condemn all of this other generation that's coming up behind us. But many of this generation coming up has no respect for God. And, and, and listen, it, a lot of it is our fault. Because we've not lived the life before them that our God is so powerful and so holy uh, uh, that we bow down to Him. That He is in control of our lives. We're not in control of our lives. He is. And that everything that we have, everything that we are or ever hope to be is because of Him, not because of us. And when our children see this, my wife made a statement not too long ago when I purposed in my heart that where I was supposed to be was preaching and in the pastorate. She says, are you sure you want to go back in the pastorate? Well, the battles that come in the pastorate are part of a preacher's life. And you expect these things. Some of them are harder than others. God knows who he can use and he chooses who he wills to go through the hard, hard times. And then others don't go through quite so hard of times. But there's not any difference in the two. With the exception that the one who goes through the hard times gets a deeper walk with his God because it drives him there. And our children need to come to realize that our God doesn't just give us all of the pleasanties of life. He lets some of those unpleasant things come in our lives. And there's a purpose for it all. And I think it very interesting that as Joshua led the uh, Hebrew nation, the Hebrew people, the Israelite nation, that as he led those people, how God lets us see. And I can see Calvary Baptist Church in this walk. How God leads his people. Now I want to tell you basically three things that I think fit. Number one is, you have to obey God. Obedience. Now, without obedience, there's not going to be any blessing. And when I say blessing, I don't mean necessarily the easy road. Blessing sometimes is the hard road. For when I look back on my ministry and see the things that I went through, I can remember the day when the doctor told me in an emergency room in a hospital one time that I should have been dead three times over. But I was still alive, and he couldn't understand it. And they wouldn't let me move off of that stretcher and they kept shooting glycerin under my tongue to get my blood pressure back down to anywhere close to normal before I had a major stroke. And he couldn't understand that. And when he finally let me up off of the table and 
told me I could leave. My blood pressure still wasn't where it should have been. And I looked at him and laughed and I said, what you want me to do is step outside and drop dead, don't you? So you won't be responsible. And I laughed about it. You know, I said, don't worry about it, brothers. God will take care. And I'm still here today. Now, I may drop dead in the next five minutes, but right now I'm still here. God has seen fit to leave me here for a reason. Okay. What is that reason, preacher? I don't know. But God does. And I've grown enough in my walk with my God to recognize I don't have to understand all things. What I have to do is rest and teach my family and teach those God gives me the privilege of teaching of the Word of God about our God. And so when I look at the Israelite nation, I recognize one thing about them. One of the first things I recognize about them is they were obedient people. When God called on them to do something, to go into the promised land, they obeyed. When the preacher said, and I used Joshua as a preacher, when the preacher said something, they listened and obeyed the preacher. Second thing I see, number one is obedience. The second thing I see is you must be in unity. If you're not together, folks, you're never going to make it. Calvary Baptist Church, if you ever get divided, you're in trouble. You're not going to be everything God intends for you to be because you are a divided people. The Israelite people were together at this time. You've got to be together. If you're not together, you're headed for a fall. Now, you obey God. You listen to what God's man says that's come from God, and you obey him. God's going to perform a miracle in your presence. If you'll stay together and unified, he'll produce miracle after miracle after miracle. And if ever there's been a church on the face of God's earth that's seen the miracles, Calvary Baptist Church, you've seen it. If any church has ever seen it, you have seen it. Now, many churches have not seen what you've seen. It's amazing what God has allowed this church to see. And I mean miracles. I mean, who would have ever thought that all of you would have gotten saved by the grace of God? Who would have ever thought that? You thought you were saved. But God had to reveal it to you. He had to perform a miracle to show you your desperate need and then birth you that you might live this life. And you stop and think about the miracles of coming out of the house, finding the house when we had to find the house, finding the powerhouse when we needed the powerhouse, finding the park when we needed the park, all the way down the line. God was always there. Just obey Him and honor Him. Stay together. Be strong together. And then you're going to see the miracle of God because God's going to be in your midst. God will perform his miracles. See, you don't know what's going to happen out of today. I have no idea. I do know one thing. I'm doing all I know I'm supposed to do, and when I get through with that, I'm through. It's God then. And down the road, something may happen. You just don't know. But it's God. But what we need to do is, we need to convey the image to our children of our reverence for our God who is holy. We must convey that message to our children. We do not show disrespect to our God. He is God. He's mighty. He's holy. He's separate. And when we start showing disrespect, God will allow serious consequences to come. And we have to be very careful about that. And so when I look and, at Joshua and leading these people, it blesses my heart to see it and see what's said. 
God told him exactly how to cross that body of water. He said, no, obey me. Flood stage. But obey me. If you'll do what I tell you to do, everything will go right if you'll obey me. I want you to stay together. Half of you don't run the other way and the other way and the other way. But stay together. He said, now this is the way it's got to be done. And Joshua was the one that told the way. He gave the directions because God gave it to him. And when they did what he said, the waters parted. And the scripture says they didn't just step out on muddy ground. They stepped out on what? Dry ground. It was a miracle what he did. That's our God that did that, folks. That's our God. When they started out across that water, he said, now there's something else I want you to do when they got it. He said, I want you to get 12 stones out there. They set up 12 stones, depending on how you interpret the text. They set up 12 stones in the midst of the waters that passed through to signify this is the place where God delivered them with a miracle. Then took the 12 stones and took them to the other side of the water and put it on the bank. He said, now you take it and put it over there. And in Joshua, the fourth chapter, the 19th verse, the scripture says, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. He's mighty. Now, folks, I want to challenge you with something here this afternoon. Calvary Baptist Church, visitors, all of you here. I want to challenge you with something this afternoon. Get serious about how you teach your family. How you lead them. Number one is, Dad, you get very serious about it. You're responsible for it. Number two is, Mom, you be completely supportive, but if Dad will not do it, then you take up the reins and do it. But teach your children. I can see those kids when they see those 12 stones. The young boy out walking with his dad Dad has hold of his hand, and as he goes by, he sees the 12 stones, and he says, Daddy, what mean these stones? And he says, Son, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about it. And he got serious about that. It wasn't a joking matter with him. He got very serious about that. He said, I want to tell you what Jehovah God did for your people. He delivered us through the Red Sea and now the Fording Jordan. He brought us through. He'd sit down, he'd teach his child about that and explain to him all about where it came from. It was God. Folks, when I drive up here and see these buildings, I still have the pictures. I still see Clyde Murphy coming around a set of steps out on this concrete slab. That we took a picture of him running around those steps. He's fat thin, just like he is. Well, he's slimmer today than he was then. Bless his heart. Huh? But I can see him coming around those the, those, that ladder out here uh, in that picture, and I get to thinking about God. Now listen to me, folks. Young people, you listen to this, and this is not made up. This is fact. 
A crew was on this building, ready to roof this building. We had dark, rolling black clouds rolling in all over this place. The crew asked me, said, Preacher, what should we do? I said, get ready to put the roof on. But preacher, the bottom's fixing to drop. I said, not here. I just said, Lord, we don't need the rain. I want to tell you something, folks. When the clouds got right over here, they parted. Just like that. And the sun shone right over this building. Went past this building, and it came back together. But it never did here. And they put the roof on. Our God's mighty. He can do what he wills. He's an amazing God. We raised the walls on this building and put these scissor trusses on. Some things I didn't have a lot of knowledge about in those days. And Clyde was out here with me and we were standing right over here talking. I said, let's knock the braces off. Hadn't decked it yet. Any of you builders know what I'm talking about. Let's knock the braces off and get them out of the way. They were all outside here on the ground. I knocked them off and I leaned up against the building. And that building started this. It was going over. It's fixing to rack, folks. This building was fixing to rack. Clyde can testify to this. I grabbed that stud and pulled that thing back. And I said, run, get me the level. Went and got the level, and I plumbed that thing back up. I said, nail those things off. We put the deck on. It stayed put. Our God's mighty. He didn't want the building going down. He wanted it to stay put. Our children need to know what God has done for us. How He's in the midst of our lives. They need to know who our God really is. You see, a lot of our children really don't believe what we're saying. And the reason they don't believe it is we're not living it. The time comes when someone's made a profession of faith. It's time to fill this baptistry. The children come in. Daddy, what means that water? It's time to get real serious with your children. And say, sit down, son, I want to tell you about it. You see, there was a time when a holy God invaded a wicked life, revealed his desperate need of a Savior, quickened that heart into newness of life, birthed him, And now when they come into this water, they're symbolizing that death to the old way, to the self, the resurrection in newness of life. And that newness of life is this. God is in them. He's with them everywhere they go. So I don't want you to understand our God is mighty. He's a powerful God. He's one to be worshipped. He's one to be adored. He's one to think not lightly of. He spoke this creation into being. He's God. So son, you understand that when God moves on your life, when the day comes and he settles on you with convicting power, he's bringing you to a saving faith. And when he does that, you're going to signify it to this congregation as you step into this water. I do not necessarily classify this as your public confession of faith. This, as far as I'm concerned, is a private confession because it's just a select body.
Your public confession is your daily walk outside those doors in this community. When you lift that banner, you're saying, I'm not ashamed. He is God. He's mighty. He's powerful. He's one to be worshipped and adored. The time comes in the church life when it's time to observe communion with our God. The child comes running into the church and he comes down to the front and he says, Daddy, what means this table? You see, we fail to teach our children what these things mean. That's the reason some kids are come and jump on the top of it. They don't understand the significance of it. How precious it is. Well, son, here's what this is. We come together to commune and reflect back, to reflect on the presence and to reflect on the future. Jesus gave his life that I might live. And I want to be reminded on a regular basis how powerful my God is. And I want to bow down and worship him. And son, I pray the day will come when you too will want to do the same thing. He's awesome. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your worship. The child runs through the house. He sees a book laying on the table. He said, Daddy, what means this book? Son, I'm glad you asked. I want to tell you what it means. It's our God that speaks to us when we enter in here. He moves our spirits and lifts us up to see Him in a way we've never seen before. Son, this book is to be treasured. It's to be kept. It's a holy book. It's worthy. Very worthy. For here is where you hear from God. Only here will you really hear. But you will hear when you enter in. And one day, Daddy will want to lay this book in your hand and let you hear from God. This book is something that needs to be taught to our children. You can take this on and on and on. You can go further and further and further. You take your child and you drive by on the highway out here. And the child looks over and says, Daddy, what means that building? Oh, that's Calvary Baptist Church. Let me tell you about it. God led us out by two votes. Knowing not where we were going, but God did. He knew. And God let us wander until his appointed time. And he said, now there's the spot. That's where I want you to start. He gave us the land, and we came to the time to raise the building. And as we raised the building, God provided all the way through, as he always has. He's able to provide. He's our God.
son, my heart dreams of the day when you'll come to know him as I do. But until then, he's worthy of respect. Worthy of respect. Son, there was the day when I was a child your age and we wouldn't cross a church property if we had on a pair of shorts. We thought it was disrespectful. It was God's ground. This is God's ground, son. It's not something to take lightly. It's not trivial. It's very serious. It's where you meet with God. We just need to teach our children. We need to get these messages across. You're at home with your family. Children, come to the living room, please. Here come the children. Would you all take a seat? We're about to have what is known as devotions. Daddy, what means devotions? Sad to say, many children don't know in Christian families. What means devotions, Daddy? Well, son, children, this is the place where every day we come together to reflect and meditate on our God, to lift up our petitions to Him, to lift up our praises to Him, and to enter into His Word as food for our spiritual walk on a daily basis. And we do this as a family thing, and yet you'll have yours as private as well in your room alone, to be alone with God when you know Him. And so we open this book and we read from the Word of God, and then we discuss the Word of God as it pertains to Him who is holy. And then, children, what we'll do is we'll get up off our seats and get down on our knees as a sign of respect to our God. And we'll bow our heads and we'll speak to Him. And if He so sees fit to speak back to us in our spirits, then so be it. But if not, we'll be here again tomorrow. Same place, same time, because our God is worthy. Now, folks, I believe that we've lost our memorials. And we need to establish those memorials that we might teach our children. I drove out to the cemetery as I came in today to my mother's grave. I dreamed about her last night. As I stood there by that grave, I thought back on the days when my mother used to attend church here. When she started attending church here, I'd go see her sometimes and she'd have her Bible in her lap reading that Bible. Now, mother got away in the latter days from church here. may have been because her son wasn't the preacher. I don't know. She thought I hung the moon. But I thought about the goodness 
that was in my mother and how God caused me to see that. Then I thank God for the mother he gave me. And now my life is lived today because I know the God that I know. My life is lived in honor to him. And what he wills is what I want to do. And that's the way every one of us ought to want to walk. And we ought to establish those memorials where we can teach our children every time we come by. Are we teaching our children? When's the last time you had your family devotions and you opened God's holy word and sat down with your children and shared with them from God's holy word and then led your children to drop to their knees and talk with the God you just read about? When's the last time that was done in your home? Now we need to be at the altar, don't we? My children are too small. Nonsense. They're never too small. Lay them down on the floor if you have to. And get down beside them and pray with them. And teach them about your God. When's the last time you've done that in your home? And then you wonder, why don't my children want to follow my God? We've been disobedient. When's the last time you've told them about the glory that you saw in this place? When's the last time that you explained to them the Lord's Supper? When's the last time it's been explained about baptism to your children and what it means and how important it is that they understand who we are? We're a peculiar people. We belong to God. And we walk with him. And we want our families to come the same way. Oh, but daddy, I don't want to travel that way. I'd rather be a non-denominational. There is no such thing. That's ridiculous. Well, I want to join a Presbyterian. We're Baptist. Be Baptist. But there's no but to that. We're Baptist. Amen. That's what we believe. We believe the Bible to teach that way. I'm Baptist by conviction. I'm Baptist by choice. Oh, yes, I was placed in a Baptist church. I didn't know a thing about it to begin with. But now I do know what I do know. I'm Baptist. No doubt about it. I'm Baptist through and through. Always will be. Oh, we need to teach our children. But daddy, any old church will do, won't do any such thing. Well, daddy, I'm a member of the universal church. No such thing. We need to start teaching our children. They need to understand why we stand where we stand. We're failing to teach our children. But daddy, won't any baptism do? No. It will not. And there's a reason for that. Not being ugly, there's just a reason for that. And not trying to be ugly to anybody who is a, a, an alien baptism in reference to Baptist. There's just a reason. 
that we adhere. So many, many things we fail to teach our children. One of the greatest things that I think Baptist ever did was Bible drills. I'll say it till Jesus comes. I believe we ought to have Bible drills 12 months out of the year. I believe they ought to learn how to handle that book as if it's second nature to them. I believe they ought to know every book in the Bible. I believe they ought to know every doctrinal position in that Bible. I believe they ought to know that book. I believe we ought to be grounded doctrinally. Daddy, somebody said to me, once saved, always saved. You believe you can get saved and do anything you want to do. Sure do. I just don't want to do what I used to do. But I'm going to tell you this. I want to do what the book says. This is where I find out what God wants done. Right here. Daddy, are we teaching our children the book? We're teaching our children how to intercede on behalf of others. For you see, one day they're going to become adults. And they're going to have a family. How they're going to lead them if they've never been taught. Where are the memorials established? How many opportunities do we take to teach our families about our God? Are we doing it? God help us that we might. Let's stand. Father, we ask your forgiveness for our negligence and our duty to honor and uphold your standards in our families. Father, I pray that you'll stir our hearts to see the dire necessity of being diligent and establishing the memorials that we might teach our children that we worship a mighty God, that he is worthy to be praised, that he is worthy that we bow our knee to him. Now, Father, I pray that you'll just cause us to see very, very clearly here today that when we leave this place that we're not to forget what our responsibilities might be, that you might work in our children and our families to bring honor and glory to your name. We'll praise you. Father, I love you. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for Jesus who made it possible and bridged the gap that I might come to you in times just like now and speak to you. Thank you so much. Now stir our hearts to be faithful and we'll be careful to praise you for Jesus' sake. Amen.